Okay. Um, now that we're recording, um, we are going to be here. And uh, we, we take a break after the first hour specifically for questions. And uh, if you've got questions, I am at your service and we, we welcome you. Okay. These two guys got bar mitzvah last week. That means that you need to treat them like one of the rest of the guys. To me, that means that we don't look at Isaac and say, well, he's a little guy, I don't want to press him. Bunch of crap. You need to press him big time. He needs to step to the plate. Amen? Amen. Amen. Same thing with this guy, and more so, because he's almost as tall as me. <laughs> All right. Noah, Rick, Joshua, Gregory, Greg, Jonathan, and Chris have made it clear that they cannot make it tonight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. What's a minion? Ten men. Ten men. This is a biblical concept. With ten men, we're not just a couple of guys getting together to talk theology. We're actually recognized by God as something that should be counted, recognized, and can change the world. If there were ten, just ten, in Sodom and Amorah, we know them as Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah, these cities would not have been destroyed if you were there. So we have a more than a minion. This is an important concept for God. But these men are busy. Some of them are uh, schlepping. Some of them are uh, doing good things. <laughs> we have two hours ahead of us. The first hour, I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask you about your life. I'm going to ask you about what your life should be like. I'm going to ask you some pointed questions, and I'm hoping for some pointed and honest answers. So, I start with some uh, some percentages. Forty-eight. 0.6% of Americans today rely on the government in some way, shape, or form for subsistence, allowance, or monetary gain. That, I believe, is nearly half. I didn't do well in math, but I think that's, that's pretty much what we're talking about. Nearly half of the Americans are looking to the government for their subsistence. What does the Bible say about your subsistence and from where it should come? You don't work, you don't eat. If, you do, if a man who does not work should not eat. How about a man caring for his family? What does the Bible say about that? What does God think about that? He's worse than, He's worse than an unbeliever if he doesn't provide for his family. Now, maybe I'm missing something, but do you think that God intended that you would rely on the government in order to provide for your family? Or is that a different category? I think it's a different category. We agree. Okay. All right. Now, amazing as this number may seem, and I want you to know that when I was your age, the vast majority here, Joe accepted, this number was decidedly lower. Mm -hmm. In fact, the government didn't offer as much as it does today. Abominomics. So, I look at the 47% number. Our first number was 48.6%. That's the number of people who are receiving some type of subsistence from the government. 47%. Does anybody know what that number is? Part of this room? 47% is this yeah. room? People actually working? 
actually working. No, 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 no. 47% of Americans, 47% of all Americans. Say they're believers? No, although it's probably pretty close. Christians, in fact. 47%. I think it's higher. It is. I think it is higher. It is. 47% of Americans We're just stabbing in the dark here because there's yeah. no idea what the topic is. <laughs> Only give us one, which is about the attainment of wealth. Is this also to do with... Deuteronomy yes. 18, yes. chapter 18 and verse 8, I believe, says that it is God who gives us the power to provide wealth to gain wealth. Mm-hmm. Okay. God who does it. 47% of Americans. America, Americans are business owners. Entrepreneurs? Pay no taxes. Pay no taxes? taxes? Pay 47% of Americans. Are they illegal immigrants? No. 47% of legal, bona fide, all-American people. Wow. Pay no taxes. Now I wonder, just for a moment... Do you see any type of correlation between these two numbers? <laughs> They're awfully close. They are right. awfully close. So, so let, let me just let me just walk through this, Johnny. Let me see. Darn near half of the Americans don't pay any taxes. And darn near half of Americans rely on the government to provide their subsistence. What if it's the same half? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Gosh! <laughs> Is that over 100%? Now, here's my question for you in the Tzadid class. Because remember, we have people listening to these classes in Curacao, Trinidad and Tobago. Toronto, Canada, and really far away places like Gastonia. <laughs> I just wonder. It's got power over there. Who do you think is supposed to provide for a family, and who do you think provides for the one who provides for the family, according to the scriptures? And. The dad provides for the family. I like that. Great answer. Who provides for the dad to provide for the family? Hashem. Adonai. Hashem. God. Would that say something about the population of believers? Well, I'm just wondering if I'm supposed to provide for my family... And the scriptures teach me that God provides for me to provide for my family. He opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living being. I would ask you, what type of statement is this half of America making to the world? That they don't believe in the providence of God. It seems that that's the case. But I think that there's a problem with our analogy and our uh, sequence here. I think the problem is that this half of America has never experienced 
one thing that God provided that is now absent. You see, God Himself is going to provide for me not by dropping a hundred dollar bill on the cul-de-sac in front of my driveway. Is he? How is he going to provide for me? You opportunities. He's going to give me opportunity. Provision. You work, work, and he will yeah. bless your your efforts. He'll bless the work of my hand. He'll provide for me in what way? By making those opportunities available to you so that you can work with me. So I've got more opportunities. I've got the work of my hands that are blessed. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on one thing that is provided to these people. Government assistance. That is missing. Government assistance is what they already have. Vision and creativity. Vision and creativity is provided by God that they might work and do these things. There's one thing that's in this little sequence here that we're missing. Because you know what, guys? Desire. Everybody. Everybody falls on hard times. Well, because God uses these hard times to test us. God uses uses these times in order to make us stronger. Yes, but there's one thing in the mix. It's not on the board and hasn't been mentioned. Can we say maybe that God faith? Okay. Faith or trust that God will? I can only hope that you have that, but that's not what's missing. There's something yeah. missing I in this sequence. What's missing is something that God gives us. Is that the question? There's something God has provided. That you that God mentioned. has provided that we haven't mentioned. Yes. What is that missing ingredient that causes these numbers to be so high? Bizarre. No, lack of a father in the household. Training. Gideon is having trouble. He's working with his hands. I'm using him as an example because he's in the middle. He needs help. It's not going to make the mortgage payment this month. Does he go to the government to get the delta he needs to make the difference? Or does he go to the assembly? do the called out ones I don't know what you call it the haha the congregation the people of God who's supposed to help him when he can't make ends meet is he supposed to go to the government because that's where he goes right now that's where 47% 48.6% of Americans go where are you supposed to go if Isaac can't make his rent who's supposed to tell his social worker <laughs> Who's he supposed to tell? The assembly. He comes to the elders of his congregation. We have a means need. Everybody has problems. The piece that's missing in that whole sequence is the church. Mm-hmm. Who's supposed to help that guy? You. That's what's supposed to happen, guys. Why is half of the country on the dole? Because the church isn't there to fill the gap. We have completely abrogated our responsibility. 
Where is the poor? How many poor are we supposed to have? What did the master say? You're always be there. You're always going to have poor people. What does that mean? We're always going to have an ecclesia. We're always going to have the kaha. There's always going to be people there that can help and are mandated to help the poor. Who's helping? Well, church goes, oh, you know, they're not Baptists. I can't help them. <laughs> they're Catholics. You know how Catholics are. So where do they go? They go to government. Yeah. You know what I think is, is, an, is an absolute abortion of Christendom? A believer on unemployment. Now, if any of you are on unemployment, I apologize if I'm making you feel uncomfortable. I'm, you know, <laughs> but really, I don't care. Um, if 48.6% of Americans are looking to the government for their assistance, then I wonder, where's the church? Are any of those believers? If they're believers, how come, how come the assembly in which they fellowship is not helping them? Here's what I look for. I'm, I'm just going to keep picking on Gideon. And I hope that you take this as a just an example. Gideon needs work. So uh, he makes it clear to the congregation, I'm looking for work. This is what I do. Anything you can find, anything you uh, know about, let me know. Nobody steps up. So the elders start to help to provide for his family while he's looking for work. Now we got an opportunity to paint walls and somebody who's moving in to a new place. Who are we going to paint the walls? I'm going to have Gideon paint the walls. Why? Because I want Gideon to work. Right? He's available and should be more than willing. Absolutely. And I want to pay him to paint the walls. No man wants to get a handout. He wants to earn it. I want to give him the opportunity to learn to earn it. And maybe to learn a trade. Now he's painting. We've got a professional painter who's painting next to him. Remember the congregation. And he says, uh, wow, I like the way you swing that brush, Gideon. I've got an opening in my company. Do you want to take it? Well, no, I'm a Harvard educated. I've got a PhD and I really can't paint walls. You don't want to let Gideon and me be in a room by ourselves. <laughs> right? Why? Because if him would provide for it, I didn't have that option. That's exactly right. What you've been trained to do, we don't give a crap about That's it. That's trained to, to take care of your family. Exactly right. Yeah, if you're the mandate from God comes above the training provided by man. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Is this foreign to you, or am I just preaching to the choir? Do we understand each other? Can you repeat this back? you got this next week. No pressure. <laughs> In my preparation for the Tadaka class and studying that I've been doing, um, this one of the highest forms of of righteousness of tzedakah that we can do uh, for someone who's not in a financial position to provide for themselves. The absolute highest form is to give someone a method by which they can provide for themselves. There's different various various methods of giving. You can give to them anonymously. You can give to them, you know, um, you know, generously or, or without, you know, and, and let them know who gave and and and. and, and Giving with a it, it all it goes all the way down to giving um, 
begrudgingly, which is actually considered to be sin. Um, so there's these a hierarchy of, of of giving, and the highest of which is um, is enabling a man to provide for himself. Exactly. Teaching the man to exactly. exactly. All right. So I'm looking for feedback now. I've raised my voice, and I've I've got dynamite. Tell me. Am, am I missing something? Do you disagree? Do you agree? What What do you think? Go around the room and tell me. What do you think about what I've said and what our responsibility would be? Yes? Well, I think for the most part, um, the, I mean, Christianity today is not, is not fulfilling that role. And because Christianity as a whole is not fulfilling that in any given Gentile denomination, then who's going to fix that, Ken? Well, I think that... Your answer should be, I will fix that. Say it. I will fix that. I will fix that. There you go. That's your answer, Ken. Because you can get pithy all you want, but the bottom line is if you don't start to fix it, it won't get fixed. Because I'm not going to fix it till I see you start to fix it. And you're not going to start to fix it till you see me start to fix it. No. I mean, it's got to happen that way, right? Mm-hmm. Christendom as a whole, there is no such thing. It's made up of individual men, and you and I need to do that. And whether the professional Christendom crowd is more feminine than masculine is irrelevant. We need to fix our own. Amen? Yeah. I love picking on you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did you say that uh, years ago the numbers weren't quite as high? They were dramatically lower. What caused them to be higher? Democrats. <laughs> first, first, and secondly, the fact that Christendom bought into the fact that they are either subservient to or in partnership with the government. When did this start? Does anyone know? I don't know. What did you say? Start when marriage 50s. became a government thing. Who? Marriage. Marriage. Yes. Thank you, Calvin. Calvin. Mm-hmm. Calvin said that we should allow the government to provide governmental oversight to marriage and provide licensing to allow people to get married. Where is that in the Bible? Right. It's ridiculous. It's civil. So that was the beginning of this whole problem. Mm-hmm. It was at that point that religion and our faith got mixed with the government. Calvin promoted and encouraged the government to be a part of our expression of our faith. And God we trust, though. Church and state. Exactly. Separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to explain it because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. There is no statement constitutionally of separation of church, of church and state. If we want to look at a letter to the Danbury Baptists from Thomas Jefferson and talk about that separation of church and state, that's all really good. But I'm not just talking about America, guys. I'm talking about our faith. It doesn't matter where you live. You can live in Coruscant for all I care. 
The bottom line is we should care for our own. By the way, does anybody have any clue what the number is of Orthodox Jews on the dole? Americans, it's 48.6. Orthodox Jews, anybody? Anybody? 12.2. It can't be counted. It's so low. It's wow. below 1%. Wow. Um, how many, what percent of Orthodox Jews don't pay taxes? It's below 1%. It cannot be counted. It's statistically zero. Now, I ask you, what are we doing wrong? And I think the answer starts in this room. I think the answer starts in our fellowship. Forget professional Christendom. Forget the Gentile church. Forget the Catholics. What are you going to do? What are you going to do in our congregation? How many widows do we have in our congregation? How many widows do we have in our congregation, Tim? None. None? Isaac, how many widows do we have in our congregation? None. None. Isaac, how many how many widows do we have in our congregation? Your mouth I heard two. There are two in our congregation. Is it Rhonda? Now I'm gonna ask you this. And I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. How many of you have provided for them monetarily? Huh. Now, you feel like a weenie? Do you? You're the problem. Every man in this room, you're why these numbers are so high. Who's supposed to take care of the widows and the orphans? What's pure religion? It's you. Well, fortunately, I've given you an opportunity, man. There's a widow in our fellowship who has a birthday on Friday. And I have these extraordinary and wonderful crisp cards. And I'm going to ask you, as we break slightly early here, to sit down and write her a birthday card. Here's the envelopes. They cost me a small fortune. But you know, when she gets this card, she's going to go, holy cow. This is major. And she's going to cry her eyes out. Because nobody cares about her. She's just a lonely widow. So I'm going to turn the tape off now. And I'm going to tell you who she is. And I'm going to hand out these cards. Including you. And I'm going to ask you to just say happy birthday. And you want to show some money in the envelope? God bless you. If you don't, that's okay. At least you're taking time. And that's the first step. Amen? Amen. Amen. Take one of the. Did you wash your hands? Yeah. Good. Take one of those <laughs> and pass them down. I'm going to leave the envelopes right here on the table. When you're done, put it in the envelope. I need an ATM. You need a what? An ATM. An ATM? Yeah. 
My intent is not that you shove, shove the cash in there. If you desire to do that, I think that's lovely and wonderful, but that was not my intent. My intent was only to get you to just write her a note and say, I'm thinking about you. Happy birthday. Her name is Aline. A-L-E-A-E. I'm going to write it on the board. It may be prevost. I'm going to look it up right now. Thank you, sir. Do you think, um, like, what should we write when we're like, does she know me, like, if I wrote Tim? Like, signing, like, saying, from Tim or something? I would do that. You know what'll happen? What? If she doesn't know Tim, she's going to bring that card to me on her Shabbat. She's going to say, I feel bad, but I don't know who Tim is. And I'm going to jack her up and say, you got guys in this congregation that are taking care of you and you don't even know their name? <laughs> I better include my name then. <laughs> you are correct, son. It is P-R-E. There may be uh, a few gentlemen in the room who are lacking writing utensils. Yeah, well... Do I feel badly about them? I'm not sure. I'm just making it. I don't. I'm not asking you for that. I'm just making it. I apologize if I was. Thank you. 